You're listening to the Option Alpha podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from the OptionAlpha.com podcast, working every single week to make this the most popular podcast offered online because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thanks so much for tuning in. And today, we've got an awesome show for you guys. We're going to be talking about the one thing that every trader needs to do to be more successful and more profitable in their trading. And I think it's going to be really cool because we're going to use some good analogies and then also a really, really interesting case study that hopefully should blow your socks off. So today's agenda, we're first going to talk about why casinos have table limits and how that relates to options trading, which is something that maybe you haven't even thought of before, but we're going to go through it here today. And then the second thing we're going to do is talk about that one thing that traders need to do and why it's so important that you change the way you're thinking about position size after today's podcast. And then finally, we're going to kind of wrap things up with the one bankruptcy figure that I think you'll never forget and hopefully should clear a lot of emotional struggles and hurdles that you have when it comes to trading either a small account or a big account. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today, like I said, is talk about casinos. So it's a little bit different, but we're actually going to talk about a game of roulette in a casino. And you've probably been to a casino before and and know what roulette is. It's that game that you know has the wheel that spins around numbers 1 through 36. And on that wheel, there, you can also bet red and black, but there's a couple green spaces in there as well uh, where the casino gets its embedded edge. So to kind of recap for those of you who don't know, and, and even if you do know, it's, it's just good to know these figures. But with a game of roulette, you have one through six as numbers. Now, when you actually land on one of those numbers and you've bet money on that number, so like let's say you put money on number 36 and the ball lands on 36, well, you get paid out $36. So that's the payout is is the most number that you have. So it's $36 for every number, not just for 36. It's for $36 for number one and number 14 and whatever it is. But at that point, you might be saying to yourself, okay, well, if I just keep betting on that same number, I can just you know pay out whenever it's there and it's kind of a zero-sum game. But the casinos added a couple different numbers in there. They added zero and then they added double zero, which are green. And that zero and double zero tilt the odds in the favor of the casino. So the actual probability that you win in most cases betting on any given number that you have is fairly low because you're betting on that one number. But if you bet on, let's say, uh, so it's about 2.63% is is the probability that you'll win betting on any one given number. Now let's say that you want to kind of increase your odds of success, right? You want to make a, a higher probability bet. So instead of betting on one particular number, which has a bigger payout, you bet on either red or black. So in roulette, you can bet on red or black. And if you bet on red or black, they pay out the same number that you invested. So if you invested a dollar, they'll pay you a dollar. If you invested $10, they'll pay you $10. Now, the probability of winning on red or black is 47.37%. So again, it's a little bit lower on both ends because the casino has that embedded edge with the zero and double zero, which are green. So if the ball lands on those, then neither red or black win, and that really goes back to the casino. That's where they win their money, that edge. 
Now the edge that a casino has in this game is about 5.26%. So you can think about it this way, that every time you make a bet, about 5.26% of your money eventually will go to the casino. And that's where they make their money is by having people place a lot of bets in this kind of embedded edge in the game go back to them as a profit. So how does this relate to options trading? Well, first, let me tell you a quick story about two different guys who go into casino and potentially make two different bets. So the first guy has a million dollars and he goes into a casino and he tells the casino manager, I've got a million dollars and I want to place all of my money on red in the game of roulette. So I want to put all my money on red. That means if I win and if the ball lands on any red space, you pay me exactly what I put down. So you pay me another million dollars. So if it lands on black or something else, then I lose a million dollars. But it's a one-time bet and I'm willing to do it. And the casino manager would say, absolutely not, right? And the reason that they would say absolutely not is because it's too high of a risk for a one-time trade, right? The casino stands to either make a million dollars or lose a million dollars on one single roll, and they're just not going to take that bet. Now, the other guy goes in and he's got another million dollars as well. So he's got the same million dollars that the first guy has. And he goes in and he tells the casino manager, I've got a million dollars and I want to place my million dollars on red. But instead of making a bet one time, I'm going to make one million bets of one dollar. So I'm going to place a dollar on red, let the ball roll, place another dollar on red, another dollar, another dollar, and do one million bets. Now, any casino would take that bet, right? It's the same money in both cases. So the first guy's a million dollars, second guy's a million dollars, and they're betting on the same the same trade, the same outcome, which is red on the roulette wheel. But in the second instance, the casino would absolutely take that trade because they know that over time, with a million bets, they're going to eventually get their edge in that game, which is five and a quarter percent on roulette. So they know that eventually after he makes a bunch of bets that some of that money is going to come back to them in the form of a profit. So this relates to options trading because we know that casinos have table limits and game limits because they only make money when a lot of occurrences happen and a lot of small occurrences happen. So as options traders, we need to be thinking in the mindset of a casino. We know that we can make high probability trades in any market. We know we can find those high probability option trades and we show you how to do that at Option Alpha and and you probably have done that before if you're listening to this podcast. But what sometimes we don't do is we don't properly risk our or properly position our risk for each individual trade. So we trade way too large in most cases and what we should be doing is trading much smaller So those probabilities work themselves out over a long period of time and with lots of occurrences. Very much like a casino, we should be giving ourselves table limits or trading limits to how we trade and how much we invest. Okay, and so I think that that's that's a really key concept because in the first case with the first guy, the casino is never going to take that bet, even though it's the same amount of money and they're still betting on the same thing. But it's how you allocate that trade and that bet over a longer period of time And that's how casinos make money. That's how we should be trading is very, very much in a similar fashion. Now, I also have an interesting little uh, case study that I wanted to go over because that really 
then this really drives some of the point of what we're talking about of making these small trades. Because a lot of times people will say to me, well, Kirk, you know, I don't have a lot of money to begin with, so I need to invest more money, right? Like I've only got $10,000. I need to invest even more money because I don't have enough money to start with. And this case study really proves that it doesn't matter what you start with in your account size, that even if you start with $10,000, you're better off investing smaller in smaller trades and smaller percentages of your account long-term than you are to invest much more aggressively, even if you're making high probability trades. So this case study was done by the guys over at tastytrade.com. And again, I'll link to this in the show notes. This is not my case study. They do phenomenal research and this just proves the point. I've referenced this a lot of times with people and kind of send them this case study and video. But here's the scenario. They basically took two different trading scenarios and they went back five years. So five complete years of trading data. Now in both cases, they made the exact same trades. So for trader A, they made all the same trades and they were trading a very high probability of success iron condor. So the iron condor that they were selling had about a 75% chance of winning long term. And they made that same trade over and over again for five years. Now in scenario A with trader A, they made a 50% investment in that iron condor every single month. So every month that came around, Whatever their account size grew to or declined to, they traded 50% of that account and they risked 50% on that iron condor trade. And this is very similar to what I see a lot of traders doing, right? They they go really, really aggressive into trades. And, And I'm just here to tell you, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be a rodeo cowboy gunslinger with how you make trades, even though that's what some people think they need to do. Now in scenario B, so the first guy again, traded 50% in every trade no matter where his account size grew. In scenario B, the trader invested just 5% of his money in every single trade. And again, kind of continuing to tie in this 5% number, which is really, really important. So in scenario B, they invested just 5% of his account balance into every iron condor trade and left the rest of it, 95% of the money, in cash. So it just kind of sat there. And for most of you, you're thinking, hey man, that'd be burning a hole in my pocket. I'm a trader. I got to invest that money. But in this case, with the case study, they left that money in cash. They didn't do anything with it. It was just kind of there. Now, over the course of five years, the number of winning iron condor trades was exactly 75%, which is pretty amazing. But but at the same time, not really that amazing because we know that that's true, right? Over time, those probabilities are going to work themselves out. So the number of winning trades was 75% and the number of losing trades was 25%. Now in both cases, since they made the same trade, you can argue that the first guy who invested 50% of his money in each trade should have done much, much better because he won exactly the number of times that that he said he was going to, or that the trade said he was going to win, which is 75% of the time. Well, at the end of five years, here were the results for a $10,000 starting account. Trader A, who invested 50% in every trade, ended up losing a net of $4,390. So 43.90% drop in his account value. Trader B, who invested just 5% of his money in every trade and left 95% of it in cash, ended up making a net profit and loss of $741. So he made about 7.41%. 
over the course of that five years. Now, that's nothing to write home about, you know, 7% over five years. But the takeaway is that you didn't lose 43%. And what's really powerful about this case study is that you have the exact same trade, the exact same probability of success, the exact same commissions and everything like that. And the only difference was the trade size and the guy who traded less money actually did more, was more successful than the guy who traded more money, even though they both won 75% of the time. So hopefully that is a huge mind-blowing takeaway that you guys are going to get away from this podcast is that the one thing that traders need to do to be more mm-hmm. successful is trade smaller, make smaller trades. And, and on the website and in my coaching program with coaching students I've coached all over the world, I advocate a 1% to 5% sliding scale. And when I talk about a sliding scale in trading with position size, what I'm talking about is that when you have really high probability trades that are very, very good premium and you're getting a lot of money for them, go ahead and allocate a little bit more money towards those trades. Now on the flip side, if you're trading like a debit spread or a calendar, something that's a little bit lower probability of success trade, why don't you go ahead and slide down your allocation to around 1% or 2% per trade, right? We don't want to be as aggressive in those low probability trades as we do in the high probability trades. So hopefully this case study really proves the point that even if you have a small account and even if you trade small positions, over the long run, you're going to end up doing much, much better than somebody else who's being a rodeo cowboy and, you know, gunslinger and, you know, wants to be, you know, a hotshot trader and do all this stuff. Those guys are far and few and they and they come and go and they make a lot of money and then they lose a lot of money. But what we're talking about here is generating consistent, reliable income long term off of options trading. And it starts with making the right position size. Now, the last thing I want to get into before we talk, uh, get into the closing bell segment, because we've got some cool stuff to talk about as far as what's trading in the market, is that one bankruptcy figure that I think hopefully will just really calm you down as far as getting into trading and investing your money. And when we keep that same 5% figure that we've been talking about as far as position size, the odds of you going bankrupt, if you invest just 5% of your money into all of these high probability trades, is 1 in 3.49 billion. So if you invest just 5% of your money into a high probability trade and they keep going bad and, and all that case, but the odds of you actually losing all of your money, going completely broke, is 1 in 3.49 billion. So that should be really comforting, not only for, for people who are getting started, but for some of you traders out there who've, who's, who have a lot more money and are afraid to start upping your allocation because 5% now represents a bigger chunk of your account, this number should be really comforting that you know the odds of going bankrupt in this business, if you do it right, are very, very slim. Now, you hear a lot about traders who blow up their trading accounts, and well, that's because they invest way too much money in some of these trades. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the question that I get all the time, and I talked about it earlier before we get in the closing bell, is traders who come to me and say, okay, again, Kirk, 5% doesn't really get me into XYZ trade or XYZ spread. So for example, if there's a credit spread that you want to get into and 5% 
of that credit spread is a $250 risk, but $250 is more than 5% of your account. Here's what I need to tell you, and please listen closely, because most people don't want to hear this, but this is the truth. If you have a trade that represents more than 5% of your account, then you need to either A, not make that trade, or B, save more money or put more money in your account so that you can make that trade, right? I find all too often that too many people, and you might be guilty of this yourself too, and you, you probably know who you are and you've done it before, uh, you know, you make those trades and it's just, this one's gonna win, right? Like this one's a good one and I wanna invest a little bit more. No, you can't do that. You need to be robotic and mechanical about how you make those trades. If it doesn't fit within the box and parameters, then you just can't make that trade. You need to save more money and that's the, the hard truth about it or, or you need to just pass on that trade and look for something else. So hopefully this has been a really, really interesting kind of case study and look at how position sizing really affects your profit and loss, everything else being equal. All right, so let's get into the closing bell. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell, what I wanna talk about are some things that are really, really moving at the time of this recording. And the two markets that I think are really interesting is the currency market with the yen and the euro, and then also the metals market with silver and gold. So when we look at the chart of the yen, which is FXY for the currency ETF on the yen, uh, FXY has had a huge, huge drop. And this is mainly because the Bank of Japan had some stimulus that it enacted. And so this has caused the yen to drop. But the trading opportunity in here now is that implied volatility is very high. So what most traders do in this case is they kind of run and you know turn their back because implied volatility is high and the stock is really, really crazy and it's dropping you know a couple percent every day. But what we need to do instead is take this opportunity and make a trade out of it. So what we're doing in FXY and FXE, which are both on the down move but have really high implied volatility, is making some iron condor trades. So we're selling a call spread and a put spread on these trades, and we're doing that risk-defined because it is a little bit more crazy with these currencies. They're moving so much, we just don't wanna do anything naked in these currencies with a strangle or a straddle. So that's one way that we're taking advantage of it is selling some iron condors around these. Now in the same token, we also have the metals which are being really, really volatile as well. So gold is is off from 120 six days ago, it's down to about 110, which is a huge move in GLD, which is the ticker symbol for the gold ETF. And implied volatility has gone from about 18 to up to 22, so it's almost gone up a quarter of a percent and it's up in the 98th percentile. So huge, huge implied volatility. Again, this is where we're starting to sell some iron condors. Take advantage of this rich premium in volatility. You can get very far away from the money with gold and, and FXY and FXE. And same thing with silver. Silver has been really, really crushed. You know, earlier this year, silver was up to around $20.50, and now it's trading just under 15 in less than three months. So it's a huge, huge move in silver. And again, implied volatility is very high, so you gotta just take advantage of these opportunities. Remember that if you properly allocate your positions, then you're able to, you know, make trades in these and not feel scared that you're gonna lose all of your money in one trade. So 
keep your trades on a sliding scale between 1% and 5% as we talked about in this podcast. You'll do just fine over the long term as long as you keep trading those high probability trades. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, so I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. And I think that one thing is position size, right? That's what we talked about all throughout the podcast. Now, as always, you can find additional comments, the case studies that we've referenced, any mentioned links or videos at optionalpha.com slash show six. So that's optionalpha.com slash show six, just the number six. And until next time, happy trading.